Hey, you've been Welcome back to the All UV Cast Channel, where it's all UV all the time. All right, I'm Alberto, and I've got Omar with me today. Happy to celebrate three points. Okay, it was a much needed three points against Empoli, and uh, we got it. Uh, now, foul points and all that. Uh, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Uh, but it was a must win, and uh, Juventus did get the job done, winning. 3-2. Before we get uh, too deep into this, we are going to, first of all, say hi to everybody, okay? So, uh, ciao tutti, uh, Mohammed in here, good morning, Empoli stinks, yes, yes, uh, Bob, good morning, as always, my friend, Alex B, buongiorno, buongiorno, yes, we got the win, and Bobby saying, let's start the habit, absolutely, Juventino MC, ciao, ciao. Now, let's get into this one. So, um, real quick, if you're, if you're tuning in on all your audio, let's get over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, okay? Um, that's where all the fun takes place, including match day lives, including some uh, uh, news videos, updates, and uh, every now and then some uh, hot topic takes. And uh, yeah, get over to YouTube and subscribe. For everybody that's joining us live in live chat, there's a couple ways to uh, support the pod, should you choose, um, would be uh, through the super chat and whatnot. Otherwise, Head over to the sponsor, stripedtartsapparel.com, and get yourself some awesome uh, merch, and that helps support the pod as well. Now, without further ado, my man, Omar, let's get to the lineups uh, we were going to see. We knew that uh, Max was going to be dealing with a depleted uh, roster. Um, Ake, Sule, Mideti making it in there. Um, we knew uh, the guys out, Chiellini, Rugani, Sandro, Bernardeschi, McKinney, Dybala, Chiesa's been out for a while, will be out for the remainder of the season, and Kyle George just suffered a brutal, brutal injury. So um, not much for reserves and uh, trying to see what Max would dial up, especially in the midfield and whatnot. But uh, what he came up with was Chesney, Danilo, Bonucci, Delict, and Pellegrini with a midfield of Zakaria, Locatelli, and Rabio, with Quadrado, Vlaovic, and um, Keane uh, starting. So what did you think about uh, the lineup there, Omar? For me, it was pretty much exactly what uh, I would have expected, and based on Max's press conference as well, figured that's uh, pretty much what we were going to see and play out in a 4-4-2 or that kind of 3-5-2 uh, shift. But uh, Omar... Pretty much as you expected. Yeah. Uh, what other options do we have? Maybe Arthur in, but uh, we know Max loves Rabio. Uh, I would have dropped Quadrado as well, but uh, we know Max. We know which players he likes. So it was pretty straightforward. Not how we play out. And uh, actually, I have to apologize. Not Locatelli in the middle. Arthur. My my apologies. It was actually Artur started, Locatelli started on the bench. But uh, yeah, Rabio and Zakaria on either side. So for me, if we were going to go into this, I wanted to see pressure and, uh, you know, uh, physicality out of these guys. Because if you're going to run a midfield and it's going to be Rabio and it's going to be Zakaria out there, it has to be physical and there has to be uh, pressure in order to make it work because you are going to sacrifice a little bit in that technical um, ability. Agreed there, Omar? Yeah. Yeah. I was expecting us to pre press a lot higher than we did, um, but we'll get to it in the recap of the match. Absolutely. And 
Nice of uh, our friend uh, Mr. Lucci here to join. Uh, Good morning, gentlemen. So, uh, <laughs> a little unexpected uh, surprise there uh, with uh, his laptop, but uh, nice to see you here, bro. Good morning, guys. Thanks for morning, letting me morning. on, even though I'm late. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. Happy to see you. Now, we just finished talking about uh, the starting lineups, pretty much what we expected um, given the circumstances. Uh, a lot of Juventini calling for, you know, uh, some of the younger guys to start or whatnot, but uh, I, I kind of didn't expect it. I was hoping that we could get this thing sealed to get the younger guys a little bit of a run. Not even a bunch of them, maybe just one, right, to get uh, some uh, minutes in there. But uh, we'll get to all that. Now let's get to uh, the actual um, highlights. I'm just going to pull up uh, right here, and we're going to kick it off with uh, a nice counter that we got early. So within the first, and this has kind of been the trend, we will push, we will be aggressive at the beginning of matches. And the opening 10 to 15 here, Juve actually had some clear-cut opportunities. This one being the best out of them uh, on a fast break there, Vlaovic. Uh, you see uh, Takeria making his run. We do have steps on him because you have Keen here as well. Two defenders uh, back after Vlaovic uh, did a fantastic job turning in the middle there. And uh, he finds uh, Zakaria. Zakaria. Almost slots this home like his first goal with uh, Juve, but it hits that inside of the arm of the keeper and actually drags a cross goal and goes wide. So that one, uh, that one hurt. Uh, thought we'd take the lead there, but Juve didn't have to wait uh, too long before uh, finding one. Uh, and uh, it was actually Rabio making a good run. Pellegrini found him. And uh, it was really our only option because there was something I noticed, and we'll talk about it later, but really our only option. But he plays it forward to Rabio. Rabio takes two steps in and takes a look and has a beautiful cross that's right on the money to Moise Keen, who makes uh, no mistake. This was also good, too. We need Moise Keen to get goals. We need him to put in good shifts because, again, we are injury riddled. So everybody's going to be important. So uh, he actually had a really, really good showing. So 1-0 Juve. Great start, okay? And, of course, what goes across all of our minds? It's the same. Are we going to completely let up and whatnot? Even at this point, Juve was uh, below in percentage uh, for possession, okay? And we pretty much trailed possession the entire uh, match. So, yeah, the style points, we'll talk about style points, but a big, big start for Juve. This is uh absolutely frustrating one so frustrating uh, but once you didn't get that clearance on the initial this was just a mess and you could see like they're just swatting around at a Benucci's batting at it and just hits the Empoli player right in front of them and then it literally just sits perfectly for a toe poke into uh the bottom corner and uh Chesney's just left standing there this is after that first clearance that doesn't uh, work out and it literally falls in that spot. There's absolutely nothing. And you know, it's just going to be a gong show. I totally was waiting for it to go in the net. You guys feel the same way? It, yeah. The way it just, it stuck there and no one was doing anything about it. You knew it was going in the net. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just, that's just ugly, ugly goal. But uh, again, fell in the worst spot and 
when it's in yeah. there like that, there's yeah. really nothing unless Chesney just decides to go through there and try and get through, you know, that 10 leagues to find it. There's really not much, uh, you can yeah. do kind of sucks. It, it was in the air because you were messing around in defense. They were passing dangerous passes and the indications were there. I kind of felt we we're going to concede some dumb goal from misunderstanding in the back. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. So we go one, one, we go level. Now we did take the lead going into the half, which was big. And uh, thankfully, so found a nice uh, another uh, counter. Quadrado was on the verge of me having a meltdown on the watch along because he slowed everything right down here. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then he fakes this shot and slides it over to Vlaovic, draws his defender deeper, but then takes one step back. And this is just a cool, cool finish. I mean, he, despite what's going on around him, um, faints with the right, slots it over to the left, and then puts it home. And 2-1, Vlaovic gets his goal. And uh, that's big for Juve uh, going into half with the lead. We wanted that lead. Um, and, uh, again, we got to set the tone at the start of the second half. That was my big thing. Come out and set the tone, try and seal this thing, and get there uh, quickly so that you can get some changes. Um in terms of what we were seeing in the first half, my only thing again was the amount of pressure and getting that ball back quicker and stop letting Empoli hang around and linger around. That's all. Just control more. That was really the only knock I had. The counters were good. You could see they were cheating a bit with Quadrado, which I think if you're going to play that way, you kind of have to. But I don't know. It was... It was a mixed feelings first half for me. Omar, what do you think first half? Definitely mixed feelings. Look, there's nothing I like more than a goal right before halftime. It's great yeah. for morale. Um, but kind of left a sour taste, mainly because of Zakaria and uh, the dumb goal we conceded. Uh, I didn't feel safe, completely safe, but let just let Dushan. Yeah. <laughs> Let us take a little breath uh, and relax. Yeah. Lucci, uh, how about you? Mixed feelings? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think we could have did a little more. Like Omer said, that, that goal, even though we scored late, their, their tying goal uh, kind of just made you feel like it was kind of ugly. You know, it was just back and forth. And you weren't really comfortable, although you were up 2-1 going into the second half. Or I, I wasn't anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Positives? Positives were... Despite us making it a rough day at the office for Vlaovic and even Moise Keane, they were both doing very, very well. Mm -hmm. um, I did like the way Moise Keane was playing uh, very, very tightly to Vlaovic. Um, I really like that. Um, I think the biggest thing for us, one of the biggest detriment to us, was the pace and tempo we were playing with when we did have the ball. I think it just needed to be ramped up a bit. But... You see this style and the reason I call it unsustainable because I, I can't help but think against a tougher opposition, Flaovic is not going to have that, uh, that type of day, um, you know, constantly surrounded around two or three guys. And when you up the quality of those two or three guys, that's a long, long day at the office. Vlaovic mm -hmm. did extremely well 
in this match uh, playing in that manner. Uh, but that is not an easy way to make a living. So, uh, yeah, that's just one of the things. But uh, the positives, him and Keen uh, were up to it. And uh, Artur, Artur was balling. He was everywhere. And he put in a lot of work defensively where he gets a lot of flack. So uh, Arthur was doing great. Now we get to uh, second half. And of course, as Omar touched on, we saw Locatelli enter the match. And we get to see Locatelli and Arthur, but unfortunately at the cost of yet another injury. So far, the early reports on Zakaria. Holy, my mic was about to drop. So far on the early reports, 20 days out. For Zakaria. So that's going to hurt as well. Okay, so, man. But look at Delian Arthur. Based on this, we're going to get to it after if we're going to see it a bunch more. Okay, but uh, we only saw about eight minutes of it before we get to the second half. Second half. There's not much going on, to be honest, uh, for quite a bit of it. I wanted Juve to uh, come out, set the tone, um, and take over. They kind of didn't but we were able to find another goal, make it 3-1. It was a counter. Cuadrado did slow things down, but then ended up finding Morata. Uh, Morata obviously coming in for Keen. Morata puts a bad pass here. This touches everything mm-hmm. from Vlaovic. Um, incredible touch. Take it back on in stride, pop it forward, and then the finish. Another quality finish from Vlaovic. 3-1. Things are sealed. Let's go. Let's go. 3-1. Sealed. I like it. Maybe get one young guy in there. Hold on. Hold on. Again, when you when you allow teams to play, okay, and this, you just, you, you let them continue to have hope that there's a chance there. We see a scramble off a free kick. It was a hell of a dangerous free kick, but Rabio heads it. And it's going in the net. Benucci, out of nowhere, like an incredible job to head this thing, goes off the upright and out wide. But unfortunately, Empoli retains possession. They come back. You see a cross in here. This is the frustrating part. We're still kind of in the sequence after that free kick. Pellegrini is over here. Okay. Rabio's over here. So they're both still on their off sides right quadrado is out of the screen here where he has obviously switched sides with pellegrini after the uh free kick and everything like that they still haven't gone back to normal positions where on earth have you gone quadrado where are you look at this what is going on there's absolutely nobody after the switch here of guys that's supposed to be on their side there's nobody there you have delict Benucci, danilo in the mix there and that is it so after the switch there needs to be a midfielder here and another fullback there's nobody absolutely nobody ball slots over there whether chesney needs to do better on this or not regardless why on earth is this happening in a sequence where they still have control so we still unfortunately see letdowns in focus and concentration from this team and uh this is a frustrating one and when you watch it back full screen and you see where quadrado is like he's watching he's watching it 
he's just watching it unfold and nowhere near. So uh, Rabio, you know, initially everybody's like, well, that's his side. Where is he? After the free kick, they were on different sides and they maintained that. And a couple other guys let their marks go. This was uh, pretty frustrating. Omar. You know what's more annoying here? Like, look at all the slides. Look at the slides of our goals and their goals. Look how many of their players are inside our area, basically free. And each one of our goals, we had one player who ended up scoring, but Mm -hmm. we don't get enough bodies forward and into the area. And that's a problem because look look what it causes. It just causes havoc and you get goals from it. If Empoli can get goals from it, we definitely can. It's true. Yeah, yeah. So I disagree with Alex P here on I was this just going to say that both Rabio and Luca are away from their spots, but they did not have time. He said they had time to get back to their sides. No excuse. Well, they didn't because Empoli gained possession immediately after this free kick. So the previous uh, slide here where uh, they hit the uh, upright after the Benucci clearance, um, they, where is it here? I think it was before. Alex so, just doesn't want to blame, blame Quadrado. After this right here, the ball comes out to the wing right about here, and they maintain possession. So if, if these two guys are going to go completely to the opposite side, these two guys on this side, there's one of them, Quadrado, need to come back over. They didn't have that time because Quadrado has to go out here to put pressure on the ball. They all have to go out and get to their men. So everybody remains in their spots they did not have time to make that switch um they literally got it out here and then just came around to here and crossed it right in there was no time no time in my opinion for them to get back to their spots quadrado's gonna take the heat on that one for me so recycled back before they made their play but again in our final third in our final third, that is not where you switch sides back positionally. It would have been a worse mess. Um, so, no, no, I, I cannot agree with their uh, – they did not have time, in my opinion. Uh, do you guys agree? Do you guys think they had time, Omar? I don't. Luke? I, no, especially because no, Pellegrini was – wasn't he part of the wall in off the free kick? He was the only – he was the exactly. one-man wall. And so Rabio was behind him because he was the one that headed it that was going back post. So I, I just, there's no time there. Yeah. Um, I, I can't give it to those guys. The guys that ended up on that side after the free kick needed to be more aware. So um, just, again, recycle possession. It's still in your final third. They had it to the outside flank and they had it. And regardless, even if you believe they could have switched sides, Quadrado made no effort to do that anyway. So regardless mm-hmm. of what you're arguing here, none of them decided on anything. And in the end, nobody took their man on the side that they were on at the time. Well, frustrating. Now, so just to add on to that out, like yeah. Quadrado went out to that side to, to close down the ball because it went there. But then exactly. after that, he disappeared. Where did he exactly. go? Yeah. He's got to stay there. Yeah. Because so, they made one yeah. pass into the middle and then the yeah. cross came right back into our area. When they're yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you just can't do that. But Quadrado, he went out, put pressure, and then stayed there. Um, yeah, it was kind of a back, system. So frustrating. It was kind of a system. Like every time we went out from their attacks, they gave the ball to Arthur, and someone was running down the left, and Arthur was looking for him. That's what Quadrado was doing. He was looking for that pass for a counterattack. But yeah. the ball didn't fall to Arthur, so oh, yeah, he didn't, he didn't have the ball. track back. 
and that's the thing. This is one of the things too. In order for this counter thing to work better, we gotta cheat with some of the guys. You have to cheat at times in order to make that break, and that's you know neither here or there. But everybody can have their own opinions on how they feel about that. But in order to get the best of that, you really you really gotta do that um, and cheat a bit sometimes. We close off. It's 3-2. Max makes absolutely no changes down the wire. You could see guys like Arthur uh, completely gassed and whatnot, but you knew he was not going to pull a young guy in um, to see this one out. He was going to have the faith in these guys, and we'll get into that. Uh, but here's the last-ditch opportunity for Empley. It was actually a very dangerous cross, and Benucci um makes a clearance but it does go off uh the empoli player and luckily just wide of goal on that clearance this is how we wrap things up and uh 3-2 victory for juventus we had to have the three points was it pretty no not by any means do i really care a little bit not not as much as uh not as much as i usually am because we just we just had to get three points and there were still positives because there are building blocks there that's the one thing i always say there's building blocks and there was building blocks in this one but you have to you absolutely have to find something more in my personal opinion uh but the follow through is going to be everything and that's all i can think about uh when i look at this game there was more signs of building blocks and things we can do but in my personal opinion, you still shouldn't have come out of a game uh, without controlling against Empoli. Um, there's just something that's missing, whether it be the pressure, whether it be there's just something missing in my personal opinion. But I'm very, very happy for the three points. I think it would have been perfection if we could have controlled more because we could have probably just got the young guys a little bit of uh, game time. But at the end of the day, Pretty battered team, need the three points. The guys above us keep slipping up, and we got to make them pay. Ultimately, the three points are what counts. But now we'll get into a little bit of uh, performances and everything like that. But real quick, your guys' recaps, your guys' feelings at full time. Let's start with Lucci. Uh, yeah, we'll take the three points, like you said. And I said this yesterday, three points, three points. But it's just too close for comfort, in my opinion, against a team like Empoli, if that's you know, Fiorentina or Verona, you, we might be looking at a completely different outcome. So n n not even to mention the top, the top teams. So I just think we need to tighten some things up, you know, barring injuries. Yes, I understand, but we just need to be better. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Omer. Yeah. I kind of agree with uh, Lucci. Um, we should have dominated this match. Yes. A lot of injuries and it's sort of an excuse because these guys are pretty jaded and we have a tough schedule ahead that's why i really expected max to use some of the youngsters just to give the other guys some because fiorentina is not an easy game fiorentina away is not an easy game and it's coming up on wednesday so i i wasn't overly enthusiastic with our performance but a win is a win uh, especially when other teams drop points it's massive and could be good for us going forward. But some of the individual performances are very concerning, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's get to player ratings, 
And then let's get to our Striped Arts Apparel Man of the Match, okay? So real quick reminder, everybody, like the video while you're here, okay? If you're new, subscribe to the channel and whatnot. But we're going to pull up uh, the player ratings. I think it's – I'm pretty sure it's going to be unanimous on uh, the uh, Man of the Match. Maybe somebody might uh, surprise us in their uh, choice or whatnot. But uh, real quick, let's go through uh, just – everybody's uh ratings and see if we agree if we disagree or whatnot it's always tough to make these with the team because we all see the game so differently sometimes uh but it uh, makes for interesting stuff tech gets a 5.5 slight slight drop um and that's just because there were times there where we needed a little bit more command and he seemed a little bit a little bit off a little bit off uh, in terms of command and maybe that second goal like i said maybe have been a little bit better, but I was more frustrated in the laps there. But 5.5 from tech Danilo, six, not uh, not plus, not negative, just steady at six. Uh, Bonucci, five and a half, still looks a little shaky, had some questionable moments in there. Um, looks a little off positionally, maybe. Um, just trying to get back into the rhythm, he was out for a bit. Delict, six in this one. You could argue maybe 6.5. I, I don't know. I don't know. Six. Pellegrini, 5.5. Bit of a mixed bag from Pellegrini in this one. He had a couple questionable decisions, especially the one where he chested in our Just own down. area right back into the mixer. Uh, that was a little bit sketchy. A well, uh, little bit sketchy you know, there. You know, you know who he learned that from. Oh, I know. I know. His replacement. He was just trying to fill Sandro's shoes. Also, uh, yeah. but sketchy. Like why sketchy. would they both do it? Is someone telling them to do that? It's very strange. It's a that's a weird, weird call. Yeah, that. like it's it's crazy. But five point five, and I it's say fair. a mixed bag because Pellegrini did have some dangerous balls that he put mm -hmm. into the area, and uh, we almost latched on to a couple of them. So it's a little bit harsh. I think the first more goal he was involved into. Yeah, a lot of errant passes from quite a few players in this one. And again, I just the off the ball movement at times for us becomes non-existent. So mm -hmm. it becomes very, very difficult, but we'll see. Um, Rabio 6.5, decent outing, decent outing for uh, Rabio, you know, couple passing errors here and there, but outside of that physically did a really good job between him and Artur in winning the ball back for us. And uh, he didn't hurt us too bad in possession. Artur seven solid showing for Artur again, Everywhere on the pitch, uh, doing his job uh, at a good level. Locatelli, six. Looked good with Arthur, but I think you could see he still needs time to sort out that position because he's so used to playing where Arthur was and yeah. uh, at times wasn't true to the position he was uh, filling in for when Zakaria got hurt. Zakaria, I see a lot of ratings for him, but uh, with, you know, half an hour, a lot of 5.5s out there for Zakaria in this game, but I don't really know. We didn't really judge or put a rating to him. So um, Quadrado, six. Mixed bag again, but he worked hard and uh, was involved in uh, was involved in a goal. So, um, yeah, six. Vlaovic, 7.5 to eight. Man of the match. Um, just... It was a tough day. We were asking a lot for this guy in the way we wanted to play constantly on multiple defenders. Did a fantastic job. Um, Keen, six. Good show and a goal. 
work closely to Vlaovic, needs to build off that. Morata did well coming in, uh, but the game plan had changed quite a bit, and uh, Empoli was pretty open. They were coming after it, so six, six for Morata. Guys, Man of the match for me, it's a no-brainer, and it's Vlaovic um, easily, easily in this one for me. Um, and it doesn't even have to – we don't even have to dive into it because everybody could see it and what he brings. And he is very, very close to a total, complete striker. Um, Omar, your man of the match? Yeah, obviously Vlahovic and shout for a, for a tour. Um, but he's a striker. What else can you ask? Two goals – did his job fantastically, deserved the man of the match. Yep, there you go. Luch? 100%. Not even a question about it. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. There's our man of the match. Now, let's get to uh, let's get to the good stuff. Uh, we think that there's, you know, Juve still allowing a little too much, in our opinions, on play to the opponents. For me, our play is still a bit too stagnant as well. We become very, very predictable. We move the ball kind of slowly. The weird thing that I saw in this one was if you were going to play 3-5-2, which it kind of took that shape, um, Quadrado was cutting in centrally. Once the ball got over to a certain extent, we had nobody on the flanks because we were holding back the uh, defenders, like yeah. Danilo, Panucci, Delic, and even Pellegrini. If we were going down one side, when we look to switch that field, it's not there. Even Pellegrini would find himself then in the center of the pitch, and then there's nowhere else to get the ball beyond. So there was a really weird awkwardness in our play. It worked to uh, yesterday, luckily, against Empoli because we were able to punish them, and mostly on uh, counters. But again, it's a tough way to make a living. So be interesting to see what we dial up. Uh, Vlaovic and Keane, ab absurd amount of work that we're asking them to do. Now, Artur and Locatelli. We saw them for a little over a half. And what did you guys think of Locatelli and Artur finally uh, getting to see them together again? It sucks that it was at the cost of uh, Zakaria. But what did you guys think on what we saw? Let's start with uh, Luch. It's a uh, it's a promising look. I I think they can do well together. They're obviously going to need some time. And again, this is an Empoli team, so take it with a grain of salt. You know, when they're playing against a, a tougher midfield, a tougher team, it might not be easy. They might not. They might have a couple games where they don't look so good. And and that's the thing with with Vlaovic and Keane too. We're sending them long balls all day. Like if they're playing against top defenders, that's going to be a lot tougher than it was yesterday. So we'll see how – I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of Locatelli and Artur, obviously, with all the injuries. So hopefully they get some chemistry going and it turns out well. But it's it's a promising look. Yeah. Omar? Yeah, look, even Allegri touched on it and said they can play together and he basically has no other options. Uh, I'm pretty sad that it's come to this and the only way we'll see them play together is because we have tons of injuries. Yeah. Um, but it does look promising. They both look like players who understand football, understand movement, and can pass the ball, short passes, long passes. And their link-up was pretty promising. Again, it's Empoli. It's not like a top-level midfield. So like Lucci said, with a grain of salt. Uh, but it does look better than anything else, considering you know ball movement in the middle than everything we've seen so far this season. 
So yeah. no other options, and maybe it will be for the better. Yeah. Now, Anthony coming in here with, I believe we all need to adjust our game-by-game expectations for this team. The injury list is crazy. He even said earlier on this one that uh, we were missing seven starters. Mm. Ooh. I don't know if it was that many starters. I don't think so. No, but regardless, we have to be honest with ourselves. It wasn't like we were, you know, lighting it up when everybody was healthy for that period of time, and we weren't getting the best out of some of those guys either. So it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. I I don't know. I I still say, I still believe this team is capable of much more. Um, And the building blocks are there. Look at Deli and Arthur, what we're talking about right now. You could see, you could see how they work together. They do well. And um, again, it, it helps support that offense. And you could see that it was a little bit easier to turn those counters when those guys are in there, because Locatelli's looking. Locatelli also had a chance on a cross-in from Pellegrini that uh, it was a little bit tougher because he's diving down towards it, but he found the right spot in the area. He was getting in there and uh, just unfortunately got the header all wrong, and it went over the net there. But uh, Locatelli can support the attack quite well. This is a Mm -hmm. building block we have to go with, and it sucks that it came to this in order to get it, in order to see it. But in my personal opinion, you've got to go with it. You absolutely have to go with it if you're uh, Max. Mm-hmm. Um, don't take any chances. This was as close possession-wise as we've been uh, in a while. I think we three games ago, we actually led in possession against the opponent. I can't remember the opponent. Uh, but outside of that, we just give up uh, too much. So it's very important if you're going to continue to play in this manner it makes life difficult if you're going to have two kind of more physical bodies like Rabio and Zakaria in mm-hmm. there, um, in my personal opinion. So I think you've got to have that guy that can, you know, see that pass and spring that player loose. And it allows the guys to cheat a bit if you're going to play that counter system too. If Dybala, once Dybala comes back, I think he needs to play that in a manner Quadrado did, which was cheating a bit. Stop coming back so much, you know, and and cheat a bit but will max do that that's why i've always been saying for a while here he's kind of got to sacrifice something max does yeah he can't have it all right so it's it's tough but this one plays out a lot differently with dibala in the lineup i'm not so sure i like the counter game with dibala in the lineup what do you guys think about that uh omar go ahead yeah i you're on, muted, Omar. You're mute. Sorry. Look, Quadrado and Dybala are two very different players yeah. the way they play. And mm. it's actually weird seeing Quadrado does what Dybala should do and vice versa. Like when Quadrado has the ball, he does things a midfielder should do. And when Dybala has it, he drops all the way back. I, I don't know. I, like people were, didn't want... Like people said, Locatelli and Arthur wouldn't make it together without seeing them play together on the field. And it's pretty weird. And it's kind of the same. I won't make any judgments on it because I haven't seen these guys play together yet, like in a controlling manner in a, mm-hmm. in a game against the top side. So I, I won't have any judgment on it. I think it might work 
um, but something will be sacrificed, like you said. Uh, yeah. Something has to be sacrificed. I just think if you're looking at this team, if you're going to play a trident and Dybala is going to be one uh, out of those three on the side there, I don't think it suits him to play in a counter-attacking setup. If he was an, like two, if we were playing two forwards and you ditch Morata and then it's like Dybala-Vlaovic, then I see it working out better. But if we want to go Morata, Vlaovic, Dybala and play a counter-attacking I don't see it working because one of those guys always has to do a, quite a bit more defensively mm -hmm. in this uh, in this setup. So I, ju I just see the breakdown there. And when I look back to these matches recently that Dybala was involved in before he got hurt, man, he was coming back a lot. He was way back there. And then by the time he gets up there, it's either a counter that doesn't work um, or we just go into our buildup that ultimately doesn't have a lot of End product with mm -hmm. that uh with that uh so i just i don't know if i like it for when the ball is in the lineup going with that trident and i know a lot of the talk for was we have to go with the trident morata vlaovic dibala i'm starting to think i might go away from that yeah. um would you guys go away from it does it make sense what i'm saying do you see it or stick with the trident once the is healthy so two things for me I think when you have Dybala and, and Quadrado both kind of playing off that right side, because Quadrado likes to get for, further, so it makes Marat, uh, Dybala drop back, which then we're, he's playing, you know, playing catch-up when it comes to the counter, but you need him up there. So you're kind of losing something that way. With that, I still think I'm going to die on this tree on the 4-2-3-1 the with, you know, you play Marata off the left, you got Dybala in the middle, then uh, Quadrado, Ake, Bernardeschi, whoever off the right, because they're at least they're going to do their defensive duties, right? For for the most part, they're going to track back. They're going to do what they have to. So then you're not sacrificing Dybala to drop all the way back, yeah. Which will help Vlaovic, obviously. So I'm I'm still not sold on the Trident. Um, maybe they need some more time to you know get their chemistry together and things like that. But I don't know. I, I would try something else. I don't I don't see why not until something sticks. Yeah, Omar, what do you think? Yeah, do we have the luxury of trying something else? Because like we've seen in the past two, three weeks, teams are dropping points. Like, mm -hmm. it's very important to get each win we can. And I wouldn't go, like, against Villarreal, I wouldn't have tried a new formation. Uh, True. But Max did. And maybe against Empoli, okay, we have some easy matches, but the... The load of games, the overload of games is just crazy. And look, guys are getting injured left and right. And so we have to shift against our will uh, the style of play and the positions. So adding to that, you know, intentionally changing uh, formation and style of play, I think it will do more damage than good. Yeah, right now. But I also think you throw teams off that way. If you're not playing, you know, running the same lineup every time, maybe someone's you not can. expecting it. You can if you are the one who usually dominates games, but we haven't dominated any True. game recently. Here's my thing is if we're going to, in fact, go with this setup, right, where it's a 4-4-2 turns into a 3-5-2, I'm just saying I think you you split up uh, Morata and Dybala. And if Dybala's out there, I think then you look towards the left side and maybe Bernardeschi 
being one of those uh, outsides there that can close out that mid. And then Dybala, like, on the right. If Dybala's not in there, Morata, then you see the Cuadrado make up that right side and do it. I just, I think, think you need a little bit of a, a change there and, and mix it up just because of what you're going to be asking defensively. And not only that, it prevents Dybala from coming back so yeah. deep. And I just think it's a little tweak. We're not necessarily going from things completely different and completely outside of our room, which we've had to do anyways because of the injuries. We've literally, like, we're, we're going into March this week, and we have not established ourselves. Now, I see a lot of uh, you and Tini talking about it, and Anthony talks about it all the time. No consistency in the lineup. No consistency in the lineup. Look, how do you, how do you help that? an established system so that guys know their roles and understand what they need to do. So you can be a next man up continuing to just say, Oh, well, we don't have our guys. We don't have our guys. Well, what are you doing to combat that? So I'm just saying, I don't mind what he's trying to do in this four, four, two going into uh, the three, five, two, whatever. I just think it changes once Paolo comes back mm -hmm. and you can stick with it but you're not going to get that trident. And I was just asking the question, is that a way we should be looking is away from the trident, splitting them up. When you look at a depth, a depth issue, I think it also makes sense to break it up. So this trident that we were all hoping for, I think it might be time to get away from it. That's just, that's just me. Like I think once the gets back, I personally, my opinion, I split it up. That's it. Oh. It was more similar. It wasn't like a real trident when Dybala played. The way I saw it, he was coming on me uh, more centrally. Um, and it was like a diamond, basically. With uh, And McKenney was the one who was uh, making the, the runs to the right more uh, with Quadrado. So Dybala is always playing like a free roam type of play. He's never really had a solidified position on the field. It's just everywhere. So when he comes back, it's pretty much the same, in my opinion. It wasn't a, it wasn't a trident to begin with. And it wouldn't look like that with him either. But from what I've seen from Quadrado, uh, if Quadrado is in the lineup, then trident is not the way to go at the yeah. moment. Yeah. I yeah. agree. So that's the thing. Uh, and Lex, you know, saying still still need to find our identity. I, th I think so. I don't think we're that far off. That's but a problem, that's though. Is, what's that? Yeah, that's a problem, though. We're in March, and we it still is a have problem. an identity. That's but hey, a problem. Alex is right. March is when Allegri's teams peak. We're peaking soon, baby. Let's go. Let's go. These teams above us are dropping, and we're ready to peak. Let's go. I Hey, I hope it happens. I always used to make the jokes about uh, we peak in March under Max. We peak in March under Max. We can make things interesting. We just got to get the job done. Uh, the biggest thing for yesterday was getting the three points and getting out of this draw, this draw thing, okay? Um, but the building blocks are there. It's all about the follow-through. So we, we got to watch Max closely, see what he does, see what happens. But uh, this team, like, he's not far off from figuring things out. We just need to learn to play with the ball better. It's mm -hmm. that – it's still the same thing of regaining possession quicker – and then retaining it. In yesterday's match against Empoli, there was a span 
of probably 15 minutes where we gave the ball up continuously and cheaply. Like that just can't happen. That kills you when you're playing strong opposition um, and really, really puts you under. In the past little bit here, it hasn't even been that strong of opposition that has hurt us. Luckily, we've remained unscathed in terms of losses because there haven't been any, but it has hurt us. And it could, you know, arguably, depending on how everybody sees it, taken away a couple points in a match here or there, right? So there's, but the building blocks are there. We got to see if he can um, put it all together. Syria table, guys. AC Milan, 27 games played, 57 points. Inter, 26 matches, 55 points. Napoli, 26 matches, 54 points. Juve, 27 matches, 50 points. Okay. Atalanta, 25 matches played, 44 points. Lazio, 26 matches, 43 points. Man, one game in hand for Inter and Napoli. Um, you know... Everybody still says, even our own manager, everybody's still, you know, kind of, we're just kind of hanging out. We're, we're, we're top four is our main target. Okay. But God, the way I'm wired and the way I'm built, we can seriously, seriously pull something crazy out, guys. We can seriously pull something crazy out. Tell me I'm just being crazy. It's not going to, like, we're not going to come that close and just end it for me here or, are you guys like, I just have that little, little, little glimmer that these guys are going to choke and we can get very, very close to pulling something crazy out. What do you guys never, think? Never, 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 never let your hopes die because then you have nothing to watch the games for. You, we, 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 yeah, we're realistically, we're aiming for top four, but we're always looking to first place. And look, you, you can see the deficits in some of those sides. Like Inter haven't scored in like three or four matches. They're failing to score. Their players are really out of form. And Milan have a mentality issue. They control games. They find an early goal. And then at some point, they just lose it. And Napoli are always a mixed bag. They can be, you know, Barcelona of 2010, and they can be just the same Napoli we've seen for the last decade. You always drop the ball. So you can hope. It's good to hope. It gives you a reason to continue going forward. Uh, Ask religious people. They'll tell you all about it. And... I don't know, man. I, I'm always hoping. I, I, I look, it's not that far off. Like, we still have Inter. If yeah. you win against Inter, that's crazy, man. And that's mm-hmm. that's the thing. You have that one match. And outside of that match, it's a very favorable schedule for Juventus. So, like, yeah. it's it's not crazy to think about. But, like, Jeremiah saying here, we need to keep winning every single game until the end. I'm optimistic. Animesh reiterates what Omar is saying. If Inter don't find their scoring form soon, we're right in there. And uh, Alex, if the top three keep choking and we do our job, it's going to be close. King Isa says, Al is crazy considering uh, <laughs> our injury record this season. And that's cool. I'm cool with it. I am a little crazy. But I tell you what, if we get close and we have a shot of winning that, I'm going to jump right out this window that's right next to me, okay? I'm going to lose my mind if you pulls this out. And I'm going to laugh at all those rivals. And I'm going to be the worst guy for any Napoli, Inter, or Milan fans to have on Twitter because I'm going to oh. let them know every single damn day what they just did. But Lucci, All five Napoli fans? 
Look at you. <laughs> you want to pull up this ant comment? Because it's it's going to be about true. Jeez, uh, man. I am a little optimistic. I think Omar said it perfectly. Like, we're top four is very realistic. We want to hope for, you know, the Scudetto. But I don't know. All these teams are out of Europe, pretty much out of Europe now. You know, that's... <laughs> All, all yeah, these teams are everybody, it's ground level. We're okay. We're okay if I <laughs> jump. We'll be on fine. Table. We'll be fine. Um, yeah, all these teams are out of Europe, so they're only going to be playing once a week. Some of them in Coppa Italia, whatever. But Napoli, you know, they have Lazio today. They have, I think, Milan next weekend or the weekend after. So they're going to have it tough. You know, if they drop points there, we're you know right there. So I, w- I want to be optimistic. I just our our play has not and do given it. any. But our if play you hasn't given me it, enough to be optimistic it. about. I just need to Look, see more, man. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it's, it, nobody wants to get too high because, you know, if you get brought down, it hurts. It hurts. But honestly, I said it. I said it at the January window. I said this team can make this extremely interesting. Yeah. Like, we we were – you could see it developing. And I'm like, we can make it very, very interesting. When you have a January window like that, and I know injuries – you know, King Issa brought it up here in the live chat, and he's right. I mean, the injuries make it very, very tough. But I, I still don't see it as that be-all, end-all that shuts us completely down. Um, I just – the biggest thing is Max is going to have to come a little bit out of his comfort zone and integrate these guys. It's it's one thing to have, you know, Ake Sulemireti on the Convocati list, but – you actually have to find when and where to use him. And this mm-hmm. is going to be where Max earns his keep. Agreed, fellas? Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. And I, think at this I would point... have hoped he would have played them earlier. So yeah. by the time we they get to play important matches, they don't have some game time in them and some experience, maybe. The fact that they failed to do so this late in the season is could be crucial for us. Yeah, I, I think we're we're gonna be our own worst enemy. That's it. Not these other teams. They're gonna they'll they'll drop points here and there. We just gotta if we pull out wins, if we don't, it's it's our own fault, really. But here's the thing. Like, you can't tell me that these teams ahead of us aren't thinking about it even more once Juve creeps up. Like it's just like Absolutely. We live rent free. In the club's minds, in their president's minds, in their players' minds, like you, you've seen it historically through time. It can't be denied. Okay, we live rent free in their heads. Max did a good job in the first half of the season, making us like hang around there and be in striking distance. Okay, and I give him credit for that, you know. But I am becoming impatient in us finding our true style and identity that part's frustrating but i i did applaud him at you know working through everything and getting us in striking distance now second half of the season you start to see these other teams that nobody wants this thing and they're dropping points here and there and everything we have an opportunity and we have a favorable schedule and max knows it he knows it he knows something can happen here He's just, we've talked about the building blocks that we've seen in these matches. He's got to go to it. He's got to get a little bit out of his comfort zone. But make no mistake, the crap he spews to the press conferences and all this, he knows 
this team can do something crazy this year because he's watching these other teams and none of them look like convincing champions. Simone Inzaghi might be the biggest clown I've ever seen because he might take the reigning champs and he just can't take them to a return Scudetto that nobody else wants. Um, and uh, man, Max knows the players know we can do something here. Yeah. I'm not crazy. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. But I'm telling you, I wouldn't Look, be surprised uh, is what I'm saying. And I'm going to be there right to the bitter end. The most realistic thing right now for me is by the time we get to the last three match days, we should be mathematically secured in the top four. Mm-hmm. That That's the realistic thing to take off the pressure. We don't want to get again to the last game day and be dependent on other team scores. And that, that's what Max should aim for at the moment. And he always says that in his pressers, the 85 point is out of reach for us. But I don't think he believes it. And honestly, it kind of feels like he's, you know, very positive in the pressers when we draw and when we win, he starts pointing out all the issues we have. I think he's is- trying to deflect. He's trying to deflect, like, the pressure on off the players and maybe onto other teams or, you know, and just yeah, away. Right? He's always been good at it. Yeah, yeah, he's always defended his players when he needed to. And I give him credit for that. He doesn't throw them under the best like Mourinho does, like Conte used Conte, to do all yeah. the time. And even Jerry said, Jerry Mancini, the famous Lazio fan, that Inzaghi is good as long as he has his plan A. When he needs to revert to plan B, that's where he screws up. He did yeah. so with Lazio, and he does so right now with Inter. One month ago, we would have talked completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. as the time goes by, teams change, and we do have a shot at everything. Yeah, Still. absolutely. Arun comes in here with a great question that actually segues into the next uh, topic we want to touch on. But first, I have to congratulate uh, Animesh, who won the prediction challenge Okay, um, yesterday. Animesh, reach out on Twitter, my friend. You've got uh, some stickers. You got the Trezegal. You got the uh, Gigi coming. I'll throw in... Uh, Aloka, Banucci, Marquisio, and a sweet AJC uh, sticker as well. Okay? So, reach out, man. Congratulations. Uh, You had to beat uh, Anthony, so it wasn't too difficult. uh, We're all good. We're all good. Almost lost one of the He beat all of us. He beat all of us. So, we're good. Oh, look at this. Alberto Michael finished tied for stink. Hey, I tell you what. Two garbage goals. I I called 2-0. I mean, ah. Got the third. I was, it shouldn't have been that far off. Okay. But yeah, Animesh, congratulations, my friend. Okay. Thank you for your continued support. Reach out and now uh, we will get these uh, stickers sent out for you. Okay. Now, as uh, mentioned, Arun had a question and says, Hey guys, any news or indication from the management if they are seriously addressing the injury woes of ours? So, a lot of discussion and a lot of speculation. We actually started speculating quite a while ago about uh, the injuries to this team. And uh, Luca actually made a, a great short video for the YouTube channel in terms of him addressing it. I mean, he was trying to protect. He was trying. Oh, there's our mascot. There's our mascot. <laughs> Love it. So he was trying to address Ramsey and use Ramsey as the example. We give him a hell of a, a, hell of a hard time. His love for junk players, but um, 
he was he was protecting Ramsey in a sense that at what point do we look at the club and the training and the regiments and are we overloading players? It was a fair question at the time. This is not the first time we've seen this might be the first time I think I've seen it this uh, large in terms of quantity of injuries. But we have become accustomed to constant injuries and always around the crucial times of the season, you know, and it's funny because with some players you say, well, it's this player, you know, this guy is just injury prone and whatnot. And then like you, you kind of like you, you pick who you defend, you pick who you don't and whatnot. But meanwhile, the story hasn't changed. Come crucial parts of the season, UV constantly deals with nagging injuries, a lot of muscular ones too. Is there something more we need to look at? Does Juventus need to address the training staff? Like, like where do we go from here? But I just can't help but feel a team that's bombarded with injuries like this needs to look a little bit deeper. And there are injuries that when you look at, uh, it's, it's just unfortunate, you know? Yeah. Um, and there's nothing you could do about it. But the um, constant muscular ones are the ones that are hard to take because that usually does indicate overloading and, you know, muscular fatigue, all this. Usually, usually overloading. And one of the funny things Anthony and I were both laughing at when we were watching All or Nothing is the fact that you look at our training staff and they, my God, are they old? We have a bunch of dinosaurs looking after these guys. And I can't help but think like, are they, uh, I, I don't know, but here we go. Kyo Jorge, a patella rupture. That's unfortunate. That that's, that's just incredibly unfortunate. Weston McKinney. We saw ugly challenge metatarsal fracture. Unlucky. Mm -hmm. I think we could chalk those ones up to unlucky. No Chiellini, problem. consistent calf injuries. That age, comes with age. Age, maybe, you know, but constantly. Dybala, thigh problems now. Dybala's had a mess of them. <laughs> really want to touch on Ru that one? Rugani, problems with the hip flexor. Problems with a hip flexor. Uh, Sandro now, calf injury. And then Chiesa had, uh, obviously, uh, the cruciate ligament rupture. So... I, I don't know. I, I see a lot of misfortune in there. Yeah. I see a lot of misfortune in there. And I don't know necessarily if uh, a lot of those, like, what are you going to do to uh, prevent them? And again, uh, we ask that a lot of these guys in there get the minutes and are the starters, are key guys, like they go in it. So you can't take minutes away. Maybe maybe it is something to do with uh the re the recuperation and whatnot between games and stuff i i don't really know but guys what what are your thoughts like do they have to look deeper are we just extremely unlucky i think i i think so i think it's hard to really blame the training staff if you don't know what's going on behind the scenes like we said there was a few freak injuries the bala always picks up something around you know every couple months uh I don't know. It, it's tough to say. What do you What are you supposed to do? That you're going to take days off. So Alex P says it's suspect, but not sure if it's just down to the individuals. And he says, you know, I don't think uh, Uver being honest with their injury reports. Oh. 
I'd have to say a prime example of that is Bernardeschi. Like, that's a weird one to me. Like, muscular mm-hmm. – for a guy who's been very, very available throughout the four years, whatnot, like, always available, to have muscular fatigue and be – what like, it's been a month, I think. Mm-hmm. That's weird to me, man. Something's not adding up there. Omar, what do you think in this whole injury thing? Oh, he froze out. Bad timing. Uh, Bad yeah, the timing. Bur- the Bruno one is weird, though. I'll, I'll give you that. The Bruno one is super, super weird. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with Alex P here on this one, where I don't think everything adds up. I don't mm-hmm. think everything adds up. Um, I don't know. We don't know enough in behind the scenes to really yeah. say like flat out it's Juve's staff. Exactly. It's how they train. It's 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 everything. Anthony's sticking to it that they're dinosaurs but, and they need to uh, you know bring it up a notch. But I can't. You, you, can we honestly think that Juve's staff is not up on the sports science side I of things? Like I mean, so. with the resources, like that would just be embarrassing. Not. Not that I disagree with Anthony. Maybe going a little younger would be a good route, but you can't blame them for Calhoun. Hey, you can't blame them for Kiesa. You can't blame them for McKenney. So you know that's half of the injuries right there. Kalini's another one that that happens every every year. So I don't yeah. know. Uh, Omar, yeah. sorry you cut out there. Um, yeah. Let's go. Uh, your thoughts on this injury thing? Uh, like I said, some of them are mainly unlucky, but some of them are weird. Like. Uh, Rugani, a player who doesn't play that much, suddenly has muscle fatigue in a warm-up to a game. Then the Bernardeschi stuff you mentioned, which was initially 10 days and it's been going on for like a month. Muscle fatigue passes, you know, pretty quickly. It's not something that keeps, Mm -hmm. you know, prolonging itself. So there is an issue there. It's been going on for a long time. And we are a big team. We play on all fronts and... Every team has to deal with this, every big team, because our players go to international matches and they play a lot. So the league and UEFA and FIFA doesn't give them any benefits. And, okay, Chiellini is old and it's a recurring injury. So does Dybala. It's mainly our starters that are the issue because every time they get healthy, they are thrown right back into the starting eleven. And then get injured again, which is due to man management of the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of these injuries are super weird. Like Zakari, after 30 minutes, he hasn't even played that much since he landed in Turin. So you have to question the the management. If if Zakari is injured after 30 minutes with no collision or nothing, then he wasn't assessed properly before the game and during training. Same goes for Bernardeschi and Rugani. Um, another thing does that, like injured too. And another thing that what? a lot of people I don't think are factoring in too is that how much information are these players letting out when the training staff is talking to them? We have to remember there's a lot in the contracts that we don't see that we don't know. And I can't help but think that sometimes a guy's got a, an appearance bonus or something like that. That's like, oh, I, I got to play if I'm going to start, whatever. Oh, yeah, I'm a little bothered. It's fine. I'll be okay. Or no, I don't feel any pain. You know, like that part circles through my head at times. 
that there's incentives there that might affect how much information a player gives that staff member. You guys, like, it, that's not crazy to think either. I mean, True. it's their livelihood. It's their money. It's their bonuses. I mean, you see it all the time in other sports as well, where guys will play through things to try and hit incentives. Um, it's yeah. it's crazy. And then you have the players that are just built that way, that want to be in the lineup, that will do whatever it takes to be in there and will sacrifice themselves. We saw that from Benucci in the All or Nothing. He literally came out and said, and said this is on me. I made myself go out there. I should have. I should have told him that, yeah, you're right. I don't want to go out. So I'm not doubting that that happens a lot either. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's, it's, it happens. I'm sure it happens. Uh, I'm sure it comes from drive and will to play and not from a bad spot. But th- there are players. It's the way you manage yourself when you're injured and what do you do to get back quicker. Because there's a reason Cuadrado is never injured. There's a reason Ronaldo is never injured, although playing 90 minutes every game. Even Rabio. And, like, I don't want to get too much into the Dybala thing, but if you have time while you're injured, not taking care of yourself and going to fashion shows and stuff, then, yeah, it's annoying. (laughs) Yeah, it's, okay, it's his right to do whatever he wants. I won't say players need to stay at home when they're injured, but there's a certain level of taking care of yourself while you're injured to get as fast as possible. And it doesn't seem like some of them are making an effort. And the Thank same you. goes for Bernardeschi, maybe. A 10 day injury prolonged to a month. Something. Omar, you are a smart, smart man. <laughs> I'll tell you, you yeah. are a smart, smart man because you know exactly what you're doing right now. You are going to yeah, open this up so that Lucci and I can go at it on <laughs> a fashion show. Be my guest. Go at it. Lucci, I agree with Omar 100%. Dude, come. Is he at risk of breaking an ankle at a fashion show he's not walking up no. and down the runway he's just he was walking on the pitch and he hurt himself so maybe it's the same thing what when he got injured he he pulled himself off because he was you know gingerly you know running around and then he pulled he pulled himself off so who knows maybe oh, he's gonna hurt himself walking on. the runway yeah, i think we're i think we're a victim of uh the circumstances and what's been going around lately with paulo i mean come on I, I, there's there's been players that do a lot of things and i mean i've heard some of the stories behind the scenes on old x like like uva greats and uh you know behind the scenes and partying and stuff like that it's i I don't see any harm in him going to a fashion show i mean does it does one night with a girlfriend really hinder uh the uh the rehab or the treatment why do we never see then why do we never see kielini does that type of stuff when he knows he's injury prone and most of the time he's out you never see this stuff he, i don't I think Chiellini's followed uh, followed around as closely lately because again of all the circumstances surrounding dibala right now and it just profiles like as great as Chiellini is he's like in today's modern football there's a certain type of player that gets followed and gets that coverage and dibala is one of those and again it's it's a fashion show. I mean, I don't see Kellini from everything I've seen from him there being the guy that would go to any of these events that has that, uh, you know, nope. paparazzi around there or anything. So he isn't, but the way he treats himself, like he had an ACL injury at the age of what was it? 35. And he came back yeah. much earlier. Same goes for Demiral. 
Lucatelli played most minutes out of all the team. The Ligt had a horrible, what was it like, his shoulder, shoulder. injury, and he came back much earlier than, than predicted because they conducted themselves properly while they were injured. And I don't think Dybala does the same. I, I won't I say... I agree. Here's the thing. I, I think we're looking way too much in. Dybala goes to this thing every year, you guys. And, it's just enjoy, a fashion show. Okay, the other thing is, too, this. When Paulo Dybala was frustrated with the one year where he it was his lowest amount of appearances, what did he do all that summer? What did you see all... He actually went... He came here to North America and trained intensely with a trainer down there in the States to get in peak physical condition. He spent his he entire time again. doing that. I'm not saying this guy is not dedicated to rehab. Everything he's done kind of shows he has. One night at a fashion show with his girlfriend doesn't change that, in my personal opinion, regardless of what other players do. And there, if you really want to get down to it, there's players that have done a hell of a lot worse. Um, you know, and they're idiots. But, but I just don't see that way. I don't see a fashion show. I don't see a fashion show with his girlfriend as being this big thing. Like, oh, you need to be in rehab. It doesn't affect his rehab. No, it doesn't. But there's some. You know, you're the vice captain of Juven with the amount Kielini is injured. You should be an example. You're not a young kid yes. anymore. And exactly. I'm kind of frustrated with seeing him taking that Neymar route instead of that Ronaldo route. Of Keep being a, prof a professional, and I don't want him to be that player because I love him. Well, if we want, want to get to into the Ronaldo him. approach. Um, so, do we bring up breaking protocol to go uh, snowmobiling with uh, Georgina? Do we bring that up? Yes. Do we bring up leaving the stadium after being a sub? Do we bring up like, come on, guys, it's it's one night at a fashion show. I'm I'm done. One night fashion. You guys did you say like how the ladies fix his jacket for him too? Did did you were you okay with that too? What? When the lady had to go fix his jacket for him when like he called. Well, her you over? should be happy with it, Luch. He's in rehab. Don't overstrain yourself. <laughs> oh, come on. Okay, let's get to the next topic. Next topic is. Uh... <laughs> I love getting you riled up. I love it. I love it. I love it too. I, I love giving it to you guys. Okay, so here we go. Um, Kulishevsky. Okay, the guy's having a, a decent start to life at Tottenham. And now I've seen multiple tweets where it's bringing up his stats, doing all this. And it's like, guys, for me, it's really simple. I don't even care what he does now. We did not see it at Juventus. Move on. It's fine. He can excel. He can be incredible. But the point of the matter is we didn't see it here. The only way it bothers me is if we would continuously be um if we would continuously be sending guys out and they excel then there's something deeper to look at but right now this is not one of those scenarios um i just i don't think into look any further into this kulishevsky was expendable based on our roster and based what he was giving us and i think it was best for both parties to do it and i'm kind of done with it and i don't want to hear all this talk about um, you know, well, look at what he's doing now, whatever. The other thing is, too, that was big in us bringing in Vlaovic. So stop talking about it. But how do you guys feel about the whole Kulishevsky thing? And before Omar and Lucci dive into this, real quick, everybody, storm the barn session, okay? So you have questions, throw them in. 
let's get to it and uh, we will try and tackle a few of those before we uh, wrap her up for today. Guys, the Kuliszewski talk. Who wants to take this one first, Lucci? Um, yeah, man, I'm happy for him. You know, he's definitely a talented player. We obviously didn't see it too often or much at all, but good for him. You know, he, he's still young. He's got lots to prove. And I, I just, honestly, I would have liked him to see him in this little trident that Max decided to try out now. I feel like maybe he would have done better than that instead of playing as a whatever the heck he was playing as. I don't, I don't know, playing like 10 different positions, but good for him. Yeah. Omar. Yeah. I, I'm happy for him, but we as Euro fans always like to look, you know, at other teams and players who left us and see how they're doing. We've been following Pogba for so long. We keep bringing up Cancelo and Spinazzola, and this is just uh, stuff fans do. And, you know, sometimes there's just, there isn't a good chemistry between the manager, the style of play, the other mm-hmm. teammates, and it just doesn't work. And it can work with another team and another manager. Memphis Depay was horrible for Manchester United, and he killed it for Lyon. Okay, this stuff happens all the time, and you have to sacrifice. Like, ask all the guys who say Kulosevsky should have stayed. Would you take Kulosevsky over Vlahovic? Would you do you think he would have given us the same thing? And Cancelo, if Cancelo stays, no delict. I promise you that. Okay, there's just some stuff you need to do in order to get better players and just be happy for him. He's still a kid, and we need him to do good because he's still on a loan with obligation to buy under certain conditions yeah so if he does bad he goes right back to Juve, and then it's a lose-lose for us for uh, tottenham and for kulusevsky himself we need him to do good stay at tottenham let us get the money and prepare for next season without him that's it there you go there you go sums it up sums it up storm the barn you guys ready let's Always. do it because we have three mids, are we going to see a four-two-three-one now when Bern and Dybala join us soon? Reports saying they are going to be available for Spezia. Four-two-three-one. I'm on this train. I wouldn't be against it, mm-hmm. but given the way we play, it kind of has me against it. Because I don't, I think like we haven't shown the initiative to play in a way that makes the four-two-three-one really tick. To be honest, um, but I'm not against it. I'm not against you know trying it or whatnot. But do we, in trying this, start to get away from some of those building blocks that we saw that we can maybe push forward with? It, it's kind of it's kind of weird one. It's almost like going. Are, would we be going back to square one? Do you think if we tried this? Look, the the issue with a four-two-three-one is if you don't have the right player, which for us is only Dybala, maybe McKenny for that CAM role. I disagree. Then it becomes it becomes a four-four-two. It can easily become a four-four-two with just two strikers and two midfielders, and you need a proper CAM to to play there. So it's risky. Like we've seen it a couple of times this season, and it didn't look like a four-two-three-one mm-hmm. at any point. And no Lucatelli and Arthur. Like the the matches in midfield weren't, you know, uh, didn't have good chemistry and didn't just look good together. Yeah, I actually agree with Alexa here, saying it all depends on who's available, which is hundred percent true. But Berna can also play in that that mid that camp role 
and have either if Dybala is not available, which he too often isn't, um, you know, you have, yes, we're tight on the wings, but also those wingers can also drop back. So then you don't have Dybala or whoever else is playing in that hole drop back so much. So I guess in defensive phases, it's more like a 4-4-2, but going forward, it should give you more, you know? Yeah, for me, like the way I see this team, the way I see us playing in... I, I don't necessarily have the full confidence in the four, two, three, one. I think we need the base three central midfielders. I know it sucks because we're down, but you have Miretti. Um, you know, you can't have some fear there. You, I think you can also utilize Bernardeschi um, out of one of those roles. He's very versatile. You can use Quadrado as well, and it gives you some versatility. So Danilo is another guy, highly versatile. There's options there to work with. I still remain uh, stubborn, if you guys want to call me on that, that we have to have a three central midfielder base, in my personal opinion, with this team and just how we play. I'll stick with that. Um, Omar, did you want to touch on that? No, I agree with you. The three-man midfield is still the way to go for me. Yeah. So a little bit split on that one. Next one, Animesh. Given our emergency in midfield, is it worth playing Danilo and moving Quadrado to right back? So, again, this is one of the options. I'm not scared to do that. I just brought it up there. I think if it maintains our three central mid base, I'm okay with it. Uh, are you okay with that, Luch? I'm okay, but I wouldn't play him alongside Artur. I think it would be one or the other in that position, in that whole I, like CDM yeah, area. I agree I, with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Omar, any fear yeah. in deploying... Danilo in the central midfield? Yeah, because it usually means all three of our right backs are in the lineup, which leaves either Sandro or Pellegrini on the bench. And that's not good cover up, in my opinion. And I liked him there, okay, when he played under Pirlo. I liked seeing him there. It was good. Just the amount of injuries doesn't give us, you know, too much space to work with, unfortunately. Yeah. So you're just r- nervous because it would mean Quadrado's in and Danilo's in, and then you only have, like, Dechilio. And Dechilio is in because you still need a right winger and you have no one except for Quadrado. Yeah, it's interesting. Wow. It's interesting. Again, yeah. I think it goes back to what Lex was saying in terms of, yeah. Yeah, if Dybala's there, who's in the lineup and covered. everything. So interesting. Alex P, does Dybala dress like a <laughs> And why does he need to be at a fast show if he looks like he looks? Oh, come on. Come on. He's got to nah, make his girlfriend happy. That's it. why. If you don't like his style, that's one thing. But is what it is. Will Max's like strategy style. continue to work? Will Dushan carry us forever? I don't think it's a uh, way to make a living. Um, I think we need to expand, evolve. The biggest thing I continuously see with this team is we do not attack space, right? And... Uh, Again, when you see strong, strong counter-attacking teams, the outsides are bombing, and the switch field is there, and mm-hmm. that the quickest way is to attack space. And we do not do a good job of attacking space. So um, I don't see this strategy as being uh, the be-all, end-all. I think we need to evolve. That's just my quick answer on it. Uh, you guys? I hate it. I, talk, I just mentioned this yesterday bothers me so much yeah yeah i've already seen it against who was it two games ago i don't remember and i ask you does this 
kick it to Dusan style of play will work and it it can work uh, you know inter won a championship on it uh, just kicking it up to Lukaku but it's not a pretty style of play to watch it's pretty irritating actually and teams kind mm-hmm. of figure it out pretty quickly and yeah you no know, like Torino had a number Bremer never left Dusan yeah. for one second and that's it he was out of the game yeah the other thing to consider too is um I think it could be easier if we didn't have such a massive gap between our forwards and our midfield. There was a big, big gap that was there yesterday against Empoli, and it forced Dushan's hand to do incredible work. And luckily for us, he did, and we survived it. But that gap was massive. Our D and our mids were so far back, you pump it up, and he's got absolutely nothing to work with. And it's easy for them because the uh, the opposition can just swarm him with all yeah. their players because there's nobody else up there. It's Vlaovic and King. So yeah, our, yeah. our defense needs to play a lot higher. Like, yeah, we need so to pick deep. up that line. We need to ramp it up a bit. Uh, agreed 100% there. Anthony wants a hashtag for the prediction game that we play on Match Day Live, so he's putting it out for everyone here in the live chat. Come on, and uh, if you're on Twitter... Join it. We will pick uh, one. And if we pick the name that you give us for the prediction challenge, we'll send you uh, a set of uh, stickers, the Trezegol, Gigi, and a bunch of other uh, random ones that we have. Now, which trophy do you guys feel we have a strong chance of winning this season? Scudetto. (laughs) Ali's on that tray. Copa. Uh, this bad boy we're gonna get it i don't know if you guys believe but i mean hell if you do could be this one <laughs> yeah when did you uh, win do you guys believe Champions in this League? one yeah no no i'm with oh, i'm with Ed no. on this one. Oh. oh no look it looks nice though down. i didn't oh. know I was oh, this one a yeah. little more. This so. one, this one I know. This one I'm familiar with. The other one was kind of weird to me. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna say all three. All Crazier three. than now. Crazier than now. Love. Wow. No, Copa, Copa is the real. Oh, guys, oh, wow. honestly, I like guilty as charged if I'm a little crazy and way too optimistic at times. But I, I'm telling you, I can see this thing unfolding. And we got to do something crazy. We got to do something big if Juve pulls this thing out and wins this Scudetto. We got to do something. We're, we got to do something big. Something big. Hmm. Jerseys. We do a lot of jerseys. We give away a lot of jerseys. I think we've given up since we started this podcast. 24 jerseys. So we, we got to come up with something big. Let's come up with something big. And maybe we'll uh, allow our uh, subscribers and our followers to uh, help us out there. So we need a name for the prediction challenge. Okay. If we pick yours, we'll send you some stickers. Let's come up with something big together if uh, UV pulls this one out. But what do you guys honestly think? What do you have most faith in? For me, based on how we play and whatnot, I could see us taking the Coppa Italia. Uh, I'm quite confident in the Coppa Italia. And... uh, I would not be surprised 
with this Scudetto at all, to be honest with you. I don't, it, it, people can call me crazy. I've heard all the things out there that look, we're not in the running. We're close, but we're not in that race. I don't believe it. I don't believe it for a second, but uh, yeah, the champions league is a lot of luck and the injuries and whatnot. I think we can get by in the Copa Italia and cause it's just a couple knockouts now in uh, the final. Um, but uh, Syria, I still say we can manage it, given the injuries still. Uh, the Champions League will be very, very difficult, in my personal opinion. Um, but I'm I'm pretty confident in the Coppa Italia. And the Scudetto race is far from over. That's all I'm going to say. You guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, I think you nailed it um, on the Copa. I think uh, we'll get past Villarreal, but we might not make it much much farther than that. Yeah. that though, I don't uh, want to yeah. jinx anything, so it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. Look, bet, betting on tournaments like Coppa Italian Champions League is it, it's always like a big bet because eventually you depend on one team that plays against you each time, each game at a time. Where the Scudetto depends on a lot of different factors mm-hmm. around you. That has nothing to do with you. We depend. We depend on Milan versus Napoli, for example. So it's even a crazier bet than the Coppa Italia, uh, which I'm not willing to take. So I'll go with Coppa Italia is the sure thing right now. The others are up for grabs for anyone at the moment. All top five teams the, for the Scudetto. Yeah. So we got Mad Max is here. Douche on the loose. We're going places, lads. And Imesh, if Max wins three with this team, he should have a statue erected in the middle of UV State. agree with that. For <laughs> sure. I'll tell you what. Put one outside my house if he pulls in trouble <laughs> with these guys, okay? Uh, but uh, here's the thing that I can't help to fall back on. All these rivals, all these fans, all these teams, they're so jacked up. They're so jacked up early in the season. They're jacked up on this. They were jacked up on us being down and whatnot. And the thing with us is we know, we know because we've seen the team, we've seen the incredible run, the decade of dominance. We know what it takes. We know what level you got to be at. We know we haven't been our best. Despite us not being our best, we're right there. This is the thing that gives me the hope is that we have a favorable lineup. We're not far off from something that I think is actually capable of stringing together that closeout to the season that we need. We're not far off from it. And those guys don't have it. I know what it takes to win these titles and whatnot. I'm looking at these teams and I'm like, they are not that far ahead of us. And I will not buy into anything Max says or anything anybody's saying on social media or anything. I'm seeing it with my own eyes. Nobody wants this thing. Let's go out and steal the damn thing. And let's have a second coming of Cinque Maggio. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to hold the faith. I'm going to be that guy. And uh, Lucci, you ain't stopping me, okay? You ain't stopping me. You ain't bringing me down from this, okay? Fair enough. I'm riding it out. Next up, Copitalia against Fiorentina, okay? Flaovic is going to make Rocco Comiso cry more than when he cried when Chiesa didn't call him to say goodbye, okay? It starts there. We'll be here for you with a match day live. Lucci and Omar, always a pleasure. Had a lot of fun. 
okay and now i know that lucci and i are going to battle in the group chat about Bala and the fashion show and it's going to be a great time but uh everybody in the live you guys have been awesome fantastic as always thank you for the continued support everybody listening to this podcast on audio get over to youtube subscribe to the channel okay that's where all the fun comes check out lucci's sick striped heart zip up guys show some love to the pod and the channel get yourself some cool merch at the same time we'll be back 8 30 a.m eastern time on match day for coppa italia semi-final first leg against fiorentina enjoy the rest of your weekends finally got a nice win to discuss well a win to discuss on the pod let's keep it rolling and let's laugh at those clowns as we continue to just slowly slowly claw back in Syria. I don't think it's going to be too far off uh, for Juve before we get back there, even if it isn't this season. We're we're going places. We're going places. Max, you got a little bit more to dial up, but uh, I will uh, I will continue to have faith. Fino alla fine, Forza Juventus. Ciao tutti. Like the video if you haven't already. Ciao.